Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome, Welcome to, to The Gutsy, Gutsy Truth. Truth. We believe that change is easier when you are not alone. Through practical advice, personal stories, and expert insights, we offer strategies, empowerment, and a supportive community for you to turn to for guidance and motivation on your journey to living your best life. Let's dive in. Hey friends, we are so excited about today's guest. Um, Today we have Bonnie Shade, and she's a motivational speaker who has some major goals. She wants to end campus-based sexual violence, empower women, and build better communities. As a professional speaker and researcher in these topics, she provides audiences with real, tangible, and interesting tactics they can use to understand the big picture and impact their communities. And we are so thrilled to have her on today's episode because she breaks down this for us in our conversation. She talks about what is consent, what is sexual violence, and how we can help support people who've been through sexual violence or sexual assault. And this is such a real important topic that we need to help spread the message. And so we are so excited that Bonnie was able to join us today for this really powerful and empowering message. Welcome to the Gutsy Truth, Bonnie. Thanks, friends. I'm excited to be here. It's been a long time coming, I feel like. Yeah. Hyped yeah. to be here and to talk about some truths. Yes. About it. Yes. I mean, like, the yeah. truth on the gutsy truth. I mean, how perfect could you make that? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. This is, this is it. This, this is, is the place. <laughs> commitment. Commitment. We love it. It's happening. Okay. So, Bonnie, tell us who you are, what you do, and a little bit about how you got to um, where you are today. Bad question. I love it. Especially the how. How did we get here? Yeah, does anybody ever know? But friends, it is good to be here with you all. My name is Bonnie Shade. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, and I have the honor and privilege of owning my own company, which is a big fancy word for saying like I run my own schedule, which is really, really great. Uh, I own a company called Bonnie Shade Speaks. Duh, makes a lot of sense. Right? <laughs> and in that capacity, I get to travel around the country and talk to primarily college students about some really important topics. Those topics are everything you just said, Caitlin, right? From sexual violence prevention, sexual assault awareness, consent, and healthy relationships. A dose of women's empowerment, a dose of building better communities is in there. But really, my passion work in my niche is, is following in the footsteps of, of sexual violence prevention. And how do we just prevent this from happening, but also mm-hmm. have real impactful conversations around healthy sex. That's something nobody's talking about. Mm -hmm. So those are the pieces for me that are really important. Uh, How did I get to where I am today? (laughs) Yeah, that really is a loaded question. (laughs) I tell people serendipity. Um, I am uh, very privileged to uh, have multiple jobs in my past and and in different careers and those sorts of things. So uh, most recently serving as the Associate Director of Fraternity and Sorority Life at UNC Charlotte, which is really where my passion for speaking to college students came from. I'm also a member of a Greek letter organization. Um, Shout out to Zeta Tau Alpha. I don't know if any Zetas are listening, but we see Zister, all the things. Um, but for me, being a, a Greek woman, a sorority woman, and also working in fraternity sorority life was really this place where I started to realize college students are not having some of the most important conversations they should be having, right? Like we put very big philosophical ideas and quite honestly, like public health issues at the foot of college students who were like, figure it out, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't know how. Yeah, and yeah. sexual violence prevention is one of those things. And so I started really thinking early on in my career, like, what are we what are we teaching them and how are we teaching them these topics in very tangible and realistic ways? Uh, I, I figured that out kind of through coming out with my own story of being a, a sexual assault and rape survivor mm-hmm. and really how that looked and formatted in my world. And mm-hmm. so kind of coming to terms with my own story was a huge part of that while also 
saying the things that I wish I had heard as a collegiate student. Yeah. Mm. Well, Bonnie, just you saying that, I just got chills for you and how basically you turned something that was probably really difficult situation and hard to to go through. And now you've turned it into your message to help others. And that is such a beautiful thing. And I appreciate all the work that you're doing to do that because that means you're transforming lives. Um, and that's just really incredible. And obviously why we wanted to have you on here today, because you are doing such amazing work. And so I just kind of want to dive in and figure out where we need to start this conversation. Like, what do we need to know about sexual violence these days? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, uh, care warning, trigger warning, friends. Mm-hmm. We're talking about some heavy stuff. Yes. Right? Thank so you. Yes. For our listeners who are, are listening, are, are tuning in, whatever it may be, right? Make sure you take care of yourself throughout mm-hmm. this episode. Make sure that this is a moment for you where if you need to pause, if you need to to mute for a second, whatever it is, do that, get some water, use the restroom, um, come back because follow-up <laughs> is important, right? Yes. Sitting with that is sometimes important, but really just right, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so know that that is first and foremost, the most important thing that we need to know about this episode um, and how we're going to move forward through this. Mm-hmm. When it comes to sexual violence, I think the most important thing people need to know is really what is sexual violence, mm-hmm. right? We, we say that word and I think it it stirs something up in people, right? There is an automatic thought that enters people's brain when sexual violence prevention, sexual assault prevention, right? It might be a story, a direct story of, from a victim survivor, from, from possibly a friend who might've been accused of some of these things, right? Or hell, law and order SVU, right? Like, dun, dun. like that yeah. is the thing we think of. Yes, That is, is sometimes what comes to mind, but people don't know what sexual violence even is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We say this word, it's like, oh yeah, that's bad what is it? Right. How do we prevent it? Right. But in order to prevent something, you have to know what it is and what that, that label is for it. So I think that's the first piece is like, people don't know what this is. Once we can identify or define something, then we can do something about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you define it for us? Sure. Yeah. I love this, of course. Right. (laughs) The definition of sexual violence or sexual assault is for the government, justice.gov, would say any type of unwanted sexual, physical contact or behavior that occurs without explicit consent from the recipient, right? That is the, by case, the definition Mm -hmm. of sexual assault and sexual violence. But what people don't realize is sexual violence happens on a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I think the first thing that enters all of our brains is usually sexual assault or rape, Mm -hmm. but sexual violence as a whole is a continuum or a spectrum that starts off very small, right? It can be something as simple as sexist jokes or something that someone says that makes you uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? Like those moments where you're like, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know how that, that fell for me. Right. Right. And sexist jokes can be on men identifying humans or, or women identifying humans. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to recognize that both men and women can be victims or survivors of anything on the spectrum of sexual violence. So Mm -hmm. keep that in mind too. Right. But I also think, right, as we move through like the spectrum or continuum of sexual violence, right, we think of something small like those sexist jokes. It also might be some elements of, of thinking about, well, what am I talking about when we're talking about sex? Are we spreading rumors of someone's sexual history? Are we catcalling when we see people at the gym or on the street? Are we, are we 
talking about people or sending pictures maybe that you know they didn't ask for but we think it's real cute we're proud of ourselves be Mm -hmm. proud Mm -hmm. give a caveat before you just send me these pictures that I didn't ask to receive in the first place yeah right right. um I think of tinder and and all these places right uh Mm -hmm. virtual sexual violence is something that is on the rise that is a form of of sexual violence right or or virtual harassment so Mm -hmm. to speak yeah and then is where we get to those places where we see those heavier topics that people know are wrong I would hope people know they're wrong right Mm -hmm. but if everyone believed that sexual violence was wrong, I would not have a job, Right. Um, which I would love to not have a job, but it's just the truth. And so things like sexual assault and rape and trafficking, human trafficking, and that sort of thing kind of falls in that latter end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so what I think the majority of humans believe is sexual violence is, is this, right? And, right? and it's not all of these things. As a woman in the world, I've been taught by society that a lot of these things on the spectrum of sexual violence are just things that make me feel uncomfortable. Sweep them under a rug. It's not a big deal. You don't need to talk about it. But by definition, a lot of the things that I as a woman and, and have experienced in my life, just sweep these under a rug, that's allowing the spectrum to continue. Mm. And that's allowing the misconception of what sexual violence actually is to continue to be perpetrated. Yeah. So can you dive in a little bit further for that of like, what are those things that we're just like sweeping underneath the rug that like are on the spectrum that we're, we're making okay? Yeah. So, right. And I'm going to give, I'll give some college student experiences, right. Cause that is my target market yeah, and my sure. target audience. But I also think these can easily parallel into adulthood, mm-hmm. right. You're out at a bar and you are standing there and somebody, instead of using the five feet that's behind you, walks very close to you and touches your lower back. You're like, Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't give you permission to touch my body. Yeah. And physically speaking, yeah. this two by two, two by two foot square that I have is, is mine. Uh-huh. So you are now entering my space. I had no choice in this matter. Mm-hmm. And there's a power dynamic there, right? Yeah. Uh, oftentimes in these cases of, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. It wasn't a big deal. Power dynamics are at play, mm. right? As a woman in those moments, I fear for safety. I am concerned of what this means or what this looks like. And societally speaking, I have been trained also to just please. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yes. I don't want to say anything. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't right. want to make the person uncomfortable, even though I'm uncomfortable by the lower hand back. Yeah. Right. Use the five feet I, you got, right? Like get, give me some space. Yeah. So I think those moments, right. It's just, a, oh, it wasn't a big deal. Not, not one to consider. Right. Being at a party and someone just coming up and dancing with you. You don't know who this person is. And y'all, I don't mean like swing dancing. We're having a cute, a cute little time slow dancing face to face. No. Yeah. Y'all know how people dance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is Miley Cyrus, turn up, twerking. You do your life, do your thing. And this is just me being honest. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. making light of it, but also just this is what it looks like. And mm-hmm. so in those moments, that is a physical sexual touch mm-hmm. that no one gave permission for. What does that mean? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. The jokes that we that we send or that we say uh, oftentimes too, right? And again, those pictures, right? Yeah. That I didn't ask to see, especially on things like Snapchat and Tinder, that all of a sudden a picture pops up and you didn't expect to see it, that oftentimes we as women receive, let's be honest, mm-hmm. right? With that. Um, but when also we then share that picture with our friends of like, oh my God, look at this picture that I just got. Like, what? Right. Yeah. We can laugh at it, but as we are showcasing our this picture to our friends, we are also actively exploiting that person who has sent us that picture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that is also a form of sexual violence. That we, again, just sweep under the rug. It's not a big deal. It's societally what we do. I was uncomfortable or this has made me uncomfortable. Let me bring you into my discomfort. 
mm-hmm. by sharing this picture, right? So I think those sorts of things are how this shows up in the real world or in real life. Yeah. Yeah, those are, I think that's so true, especially like just the hand on the back thing. I feel like that resonates so much of just like mm-hmm. how, I, I guess the question is like, why why do people think that's okay to do in the first place? Like what, why, why did we, how did we get here in the first place? <laughs> I love this question so much. <laughs> this is this is what I ask myself every day. Yeah. Is how did we get to this place where the activities or actions behaviorally, physically mm-hmm. allow sexual violence and rape culture to still remain a thing? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Which which all of these these things that we're talking about, this is perpetuating rape culture mm-hmm. yeah. at the end of the day. And so how do these things get to be a thing? I'm a believer that a lot of this behavior has just gone unchecked, mm-hmm. right? We can also, this is going to be gutsy, y'all, but Love let's it. stick to theme. Let's stick to theme. <laughs> so buckle up, listeners. We're about to get really, really real and philosophical real fast. Love okay, it. let's do it. Let's do it. Um, white supremacy and the patriarchy have led women to say, I cannot disrupt or make men uncomfortable. Now, let me also give this caveat. I'm giving a heteronormative disclaimer that the majority of the time when we have this conversation around sexual violence and sexual assault and how to prevent this, we identify men as the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. Women can also be perpetrators of this as well. And it's important to note some data. So the majority of perpetrators, 92% of perpetrators identify as men. Over 70% of those 92% of men identify as white men. Mm-hmm. White men is how our community, our country, everything was built. Everything was, was leveled on this is the norm, mm-hmm. right? This right. is the status quo is what white men want, believe, do, say, everything. Hell, you could watch an episode of Queen Charlotte or Bridgerton and know that the world is made for white men, right? Yeah. Like you can, you can do that. Pop yeah. culture reference. Shout out to pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> and know that some of those things that happen in these movies and these things in the history books that we've read now would not be acceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. But the data is consistent, right? So the majority of perpetrators identify as men. When So when we think about how did we get to this place, women have not been equipped of how to stand up or shake that table. Mm-hmm. And men have not been trained of what can we actually do in order to make this happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. I feel for men in this conversation a little bit. Oh, for sure. And the reason why I think is men are often taught one of three things growing up. And it's like, get consent, treat women with respect, which that's a whole different keynote for a different day in conversation, y'all, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if they're not into women? What if, what if this conversation needs to be like, well, treat your partner with respect, but they Mm -hmm. don't, they don't hear that, right? Men Mm -hmm. here treat women with respect and make sure to wear protection or Mm -hmm. be safe. Mm -hmm. They're never told what that protection looks like or how to put on a condom. They're not talked about like, well, how do we treat women with respect? What does that mean or look like? And they're never told like what consent means. Like, how do I actually receive consent? Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes men turn to these standards of of social media, of OnlyFans, of porn, in order to get these stereotypes of what great sex, successful sex looks like based off of so many levels of, of patriarchy and white supremacy to say, oh, this is for me. This is what I need to do. This is self-serving. This looks good. This feels good for this human. This must be what great sex or consent looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the hard part about this topic is great sex and, and conversations around sex look different for everyone. Yeah. So we can't make the assumption that just by getting consent in the way that I've always known how 
is how the, my partner, my sexual partner wants to give or provide consent, mm-hmm. right? You have to have that conversation. Yeah. And so the lack of conversation, I would say is like, you know, the 27th million reason why yeah. we got it and how we're here. Yeah. Is there's never consent of, can I touch your lower back? Yeah. yeah. Right. This is a self-serving thing. This is what I want to do. I want to show that I have power over you or power over this situation because I'm the the knight in shining armor. I'm the aggressor. I'm the person who's going to make the first move because society tells men they have to be those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's to answer your question, friend. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of reasons. And, but we don't talk about those reasons. No. Right. We just say, Oh, end sexual violence, prevent sexual violence, stop this from happening. Right. But there's not ever a, how do we do it yeah. in order to get to that better place? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then just like hearing you talk about all this is also making me think like the 50 shades of gray era of books and movies. Right. So you're, you're saying on one hand, it's like people are being taught like respect and consent and this and that really with no like details of those guidelines. They're very high level. And then you've got like society and Hollywood going, but this is what people want, you know, like this sells and everyone wants you know, the messed up guy with the deep, dark secrets doing the twisty things and stuff. And so it's, yeah, like, um, I mean, my, I have, a, I have an almost five-year-old daughter and my husband and I talk a lot about like how we want to teach her things that we were not taught in different ways, or maybe lack of conversations we'd had with adults in our lives about sex and stuff. Like obviously as she gets older, I mean, five, we're still into rainbow rainbows and unicorns, but, um, like, you know, it's just like, even just being very basic and like calling the parts of the body, what they're actually called mm-hmm. and people like Caitlin, and I've learned and through our different journeys and stuff, like a lot of women don't even know the basic parts of their body, let okay. alone then to how to describe to somebody, don't do this. Don't touch me here. Or maybe on the flip side, I do like this or I'd like, you know, I like this other way or something. And so, yeah, if you're just you know, little kids these days, you know, they don't even call belly buttons, belly buttons anymore. They use some silly little words. And I'm just like, okay, let's start with some basic anatomy lessons yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like yeah. all, like all this you're saying is so it resonates so much in such a frustrating and a little bit saddening way of like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, here we are today. And I love that you're like, you're preaching this from the mountaintops of like, we got to get to the basics, people, and describe what this is so everyone's on the same playing field of understanding what basics are. And then can we start making steps forward of prevention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that's, I can only Absolutely. imagine, frustrating for you because you're like, I'm talking about the basics and now we're trying to do the prevention. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, right, like like we just like we just had in this conversation, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about the basics. But students always want to go to the extreme yeah. because mm-hmm. oftentimes with sex, we only talk about the extremes. Right. And so the extremes become the norm Yeah, yeah. yeah. when it's not actually the norm, right? Not We're norm. talking about what we see in OnlyFans and in porn and some of these other places. Mm-hmm. And that's the extreme. But the norm sometimes is like great sex that's just had and it's consensual and there's no alcohol involved. And you're just at home with your partner because you enjoy their company. Maybe you love them. I know that's a big word for some people, right? Like yeah. love is scary. But like maybe, maybe it's that. Yeah. But we don't we don't talk about that. Mm-mm, it's right. always the extreme cases, right? Like talking about BDSM or talking about 50 Shades of Grey, which if you're into that, be into it, friend. Like we love it for you. Yeah. That's a power dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people are like, well, Bonnie, if sexual violence is a power dynamic, what about BDSM? What about kink? Y'all be into BDSM and kink. Do your thing. The difference between sexual violence and BDSM and kink is that that power dynamic can be shifted back to to normal, right? right. That power dynamic can be shifted back to even. Mm-hmm. If it is submissive and 
I already forgot the Fifty Shades of Grey term, y'all. This is yeah. this is my life, right? But no. yeah, right. Whatever. Submissive versus master or whatever. I don't yeah. know. My friends, shout out in the comments if like you're into <laughs> kink and all that stuff. <laughs> on this episode, because now I need to learn. Uh, but right, if if there's a submissive and a master, right, that with one word, right, pineapple, you're back to normal. There's right. that that safety net that you can say, okay, the power dynamics restored. Sexual right. violence power dynamics are never restored. Right. Yeah. And sexual violence is that that act of power, mm-hmm. right? Again, going back to what we just talked about, how we got here in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. That that power structure is at play. And so the be- yeah, one of the best ways to do this, like I, I love that you just said that, Abigail, is right, teaching kids, mm-hmm. here are your body parts. Yeah. Here's here's how we can celebrate those body parts and what might feel good and what might not. Mm-hmm. And and that journey of understanding, like, okay, what do you like? What do you not like? And how do you communicate that mm-hmm. in different ways? That's yeah. important too. Yeah. And make it just, yeah. I mean, everything it, like, I just feel like, you know, when you have sex ed in middle school or whatever, so you're awkward 13 year old and you've got like the football coach teaching about sex ed and you're like, well, could this be more terrible? I don't know. Right. <laughs> yes. Like I want right. to crawl into my desk. Horrible videos. From yeah. Like- 1994. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Exactly. <laughs> this isn't even cute. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it just, it's like, like if you just can teach basics, it would like, I feel like just give people like a more level playing field of like, at least of knowing the basics of everything, right? Yeah. How they feel comfortable in their body, what they're, and then be more aware of things too. Cause yeah, sometimes you don't, and depending on how you grow up, sometimes you're not in those situations, like you don't even realize you're in a situation, like you said, even the hand on the back thing. And I mean, I remember in being in college and like sometimes that would happen or whatever. And you're like, wait a second, did that did. And you're like second guessing yourself. You're like, did someone just touch me? Wait, hey, friend over there. Did you see somebody? And then you go and you're like, oh, that couldn't have happened. There's no way. There's no way. And you almost like talk yourself out of it because you're just so unaware of your own body or your own surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think. Like what you're helping people, especially college age students, is like amazing. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Thanks, friend. Clearly, I'm passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that gets me going, and I'm like, cool. Let's <laughs> let's talk big picture. Let's talk that yeah. thirty thousand foot view. Yeah. Um, and also give you those tangible. Here is the basics that you need to know in order to prevent this from happening. Right. Here's yeah. the tangible takeaway. Yeah. I always refer to them as like one degree shifts. Mm. Right. Like what is the one degree shift that you can make that you can do today as mm-hmm. you as you leave a session with me, as you leave a, a moment or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. What is the one degree shift that you can do? Is it mm-hmm. the way you tell jokes? Is it the things that you send people? Is it just understanding what sexual violence is? Mm-hmm. Because that one degree shift doesn't seem like much today. But in a week, a month, a year, one degree shifts begin to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. The further you're out from that learning moment from that place, from that moment of saying, this is now I am, I am different from this point forward. Yeah. You begin to shift and and change. And so what is your one degree shift of what you are going to do or feel responsible for to prevent sexual violence from happening Mm -hmm. or to disrupt rape culture as it is being perpetuated in your world? Mm. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. So I really want to hear, um, how, like describe consent to us. Like, what does that look like? What do we need to do to set up for success for that? Like, let's, let's break that down. I love this. So if anyone has ever heard me speak, they have heard me talk about Chipotle. Which I love Chipotle. Y'all think something you should know about Bonnie Shade. I'm a foodie. Your girl likes to eat. <laughs> I'm not the kind of chick that orders a salad. Like never been 
not my thing. You can give me chicken wings with celery on the side. That's how I get down. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's my MO. Yeah. Love so it. I love Chipotle. I've always loved Chipotle. Their guacamole. I don't know how it's always fresh. It just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their queso is trash. You can fight me on that. I don't, I don't like it. Right? I mean, we live in Texas, so we're pretty. I, oh, y'all get, okay. So you get this. Yeah. Right? yeah. We get it. Right. right? In yeah. Texas, me in Charlotte, North Carolina, Chipotle is sometimes just as real as it can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, it's different. Here's what I believe about consent. If you can order Chipotle, you can ask for or receive consent when it comes to sex. Okay. The first thing that they ask you when you walk into Chipotle and put this in context to whatever is in your surroundings, right? A blaze pizza, a place where you walk in and they make something in front of you Mm -hmm. that you want to eat, right? The first thing that they ask you when you walk into Chipotle is, well, they say hi, right? They bring greetings. We like that. That's the energy. That's good. (laughs) But they ask you what you want. Mm -hmm. We never start off a sexual experience with, what do you want? What are you into? What do you like? What do you not like? Can I get you this? Can I get, right? Like we don't, we don't start off sex with that conversation no um but consent should mm-hmm. it should ideally and people are always like bonnie that's weird and i'm like is it weird or are you just not have you never done it before mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. is this so just good. the norm that you are living in yeah. yeah and so by asking that question right you get to kind of then build your ideal quote unquote like burrito or chipotle experience <laughs> yeah and you get to have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. which at the end of the day that is all consent is is a conversation mm-hmm. that you have with somebody. I believe that conversation is is four or five things. The first thing it has to be is it is active. There are at least two willing participants in consent and in a, in a conversation about sex mm-hmm. that are there with verbal and nonverbal cues and clarifying question. If I'm in line at Chipotle and I want fajita veggies, you have to ask for fajita veggies. They don't ask you, right? They'll ask about rice, beans, what kind of meat, what kind of salsa. They never ask about fajita veggies. If you want that, you have to verbally say, I would like fajita veggies. Mm -hmm. The nonverbal to that might be pointing at them or how we follow our burrito all the way down the line until it's at the very end, Mm -hmm. right? Like we literally stand in front of it. We're like, oh, oh, that's mine. Scoot to the left. Oh, that's mine. Scoot to the left. Oh, that's mine. Scoot to the left. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like that is just, that's the nonverbal thing. But if you want more of something, maybe you want double corn salsa, like I always do, because that's the right way to make a chipotle burrito <laughs> with the double scoops, right? You have to yeah. clarify that. And they might say, like, is that enough or do you need more? Then you can clarify that, right? So mm-hmm. the two willing participants in an active conversation, back and forth dialogue is the most important part of that. The second thing consent has to be is conscious. You have to be awake in order to order your Chipotle. Mm-hmm. You also have to be awake in order to have that active conversation around sex or consent, mm-hmm. right? They're, if you pass out at Chipotle, they're going to call 911 because now you're a liability in their restaurant. Yeah. They're not going to keep making your Chipotle burrito. They're going to stop. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shoot, she passed out. Like, yeah. let's get Bonnie some help. Yeah. She, she's on the floor. Mm-hmm. That is the same case when it goes for, for sex, for hooking up, for whatever it may be. The next thing it has to be is eager. Like you should be excited about the sex you're going to have. Mm -hmm. And if you or your partner is not excited about that sex, like you might want to pause and check in on them, go back to that active conversation to make sure that this is something they actually want to do. Mm -hmm. It also should be freely given. I I freely voluntarily walk into Chipotle, sometimes probably more than I should because it gets expensive, (laughs) but I very freely walk into Chipotle. You should freely walk into a sexual experience. Mm -hmm. You can also freely leave if or whenever you choose. Mm -hmm. If they make you stay because you feel like you have no other choice but to finish getting this burrito bowl from Chipotle, like you shouldn't have to pay for something that you don't want. Mm -hmm. Same thing with sex. You should not have to be 
right there if you don't want to be. You can leave. You're, you're allowed to walk away. And if you have to be convinced in order to stay there, that's not called convincing you to have sex. That's called coercion. And that is also a form of sexual violence. And the last thing I believe that this conversation should be around consent is it should be ongoing, right? From yeah. the moment that you engage with someone or you walk into Chipotle and they're like, hi, how are you? What can I get for you today? Until the moment you leave, after you've fully enjoyed your burrito, y'all take that innuendo for however you want to take it. Right? But, <laughs> like, I want people to enjoy their burrito. I want you to enjoy sex. I want you to have a great time with it while also recognizing that this conversation can't just be at the beginning or at the end. If you want to get what you want to get, you have to ask for it. You have yeah. to have a conversation with your partner that's rooted in empathy and that's mm -hmm. rooted in understanding or seeking to understand where they are coming from, mm -hmm. right? So like mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, like you deserve great sex. The best way to have great, great sex is through having a conversation with someone that's rooted on empathy. Yeah. And if you can't have that, if, if that feels uncomfortable for you, you might want to question if you're mature enough to have sex in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Like if you can't have a mature enough conversation about the sex you want to have right. or the sex you're trying to have, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Maybe we need to go back. Maybe we need to go back to basics of, of conversation with people of yeah. interpersonal relationships. And yeah, that, yeah. and that's just, that's just facts, right? Yeah. People are probably sitting and listening like a little uncomfortable right now. I love it. <laughs> be here. Cause I'm probably challenging some of the things that you've been taught growing up. Yes. And that's part of this, right? Yes. Like that is part of how we, how we disrupt this spectrum of sexual violence and some of these things as well. Oh, I love that. Okay. Number one, I'm never going to walk into a Chipotle and think the same thing ever again. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I don't think anybody after listening that will. I will yeah, hear Bonnie's. When you, yeah. Right. Especially when you order sour cream, friends. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to leave you with that. You're welcome for that. Yep. Just let that sit there. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So that, but I love that you can make it so relatable, right? Yeah. And if you make it lighthearted but impactful in your relation with a chipotle order in a sense you know yeah. like because everyone i mean just like you said pick any restaurant they have to order and stand in the line and watch your food go down the counter like it's the perfect step-by-step -step process and if anything if like you're in a situation that you don't want to be there or you're thinking is this consent am i consenting are both of us consenting and if i think of chipotle i'm probably going to a start giggling to some degree <laughs> and then b it almost like would help lighten the mood and be like okay it's not that big of a deal if i can order a chipotle burrito i can have this conversation right. yeah yeah yes. i love it and it's it's just it makes this a tangible thing, right? Right. For so many years of, of me growing up, especially like consent was never a tangible thing. It was mm -hmm. just this thing that I was supposed to do mm -hmm. or get or give mostly yeah. as a woman, right? Give consent. But it was never here is how. Yeah. And I think if we just put it in terms like active, conscious, eager, freely given, ongoing, right? Just like ordering Chipotle, people start to get it differently. Yeah. And the interesting part about consent is the definition for consent changes based off of state and if you're a college student, right, the university you attend. And mm, so those five things primarily hit every single consent definition, mm. right? So where I am in North Carolina versus Texas, the definitions are different. Mm. And so knowing that these five things are probably in both definitions, they just might show up a little bit different or have a tweak of a word here, or a tweak of a word there. That helps us understand this concept that might look different based on where you live. Wow. That's so interesting. I didn't realize it was different per state. And then it's different based off like the university, like guidelines, yep. laws, whatever yeah. you would call those. University huh. guidelines. Sometimes the city you live in might have a different definition even than the state. Right. Like it's interesting. It is bizarre. That's but that seems backwards cool. to me. It does seem so yeah. backwards. Right. But 
if you look up, yeah, if you look up different state definitions, right, highly encourage people to Google what is the state definition or university definition or city definition of sexual consent. Mm -hmm. You will be shocked at what what comes up or maybe what legally consent looks like based on where you live. Oh, that's that's crazy. I think that's a deep another episode of a deep dive on. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Well, I I just appreciate like how you've simplified it because I feel like people have it in their head, like watching movies or just what like society tells you, like, Mm -hmm. this is what it's going to look like to have like a a sexual experience. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like that's just a glamorized, like Hollywood version of something and not like what's going to set you and your partner up for success in that moment and in the future. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, like this is something that needs to be talked about. And it's also like, it can be very simple, but we've just mm-hmm. said a word and then it, we just want to avoid talking and doing the uncomfortable thing. Like you were saying, like that's, mm-hmm. that's the easy thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that. And I think people are always nervous. Like, well, what yeah, I ask the question, are they going to want to still have sex with me? Y'all? Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> like if you are in this and you are committed and you are loving it and they are loving it. If you ask a question or say like, does this feel good? Are you comfortable? Do you want more? Do you want less? Do you need sour cream? Like, I don't know. Like yeah. you're allowed to ask these things. So yeah. People are excited about sex, right? If the eagerness is there and it's mm-hmm. freely given and it's active and there's participants involved, right? Like sex all happen. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get what you're going to get. And yeah. hopefully it's great sex. And after a conversation, even though it might feel uncomfortable at first, mm-hmm. <laughs> the sex is going to be real comfortable. And you're welcome in advance for the sex that you have after this episode. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, that's the gutsy truth with Bonnie Shade. (laughs) I love it. No, it's so true, though. It's so true. And it's just I mean, it just gets you and your partner on a whole other under like level of understanding about each other. Like, right. Even if you remove like the sexual act out of this conversation, just the communication, the deep level of communication you're having to have about something that might be uncomfortable and involving your body doing something with somebody else's body. And Mm -hmm. that gets weird because we've all been taught bodies are strange. I'm like, okay, our bodies are our bodies. This is who we are, how we were made. Mm -hmm. And so it does just make, it just does like deepen that connection level in so many ways, which can in turn lead to greater sex because you have better connection in a lot of ways, emotionally, mentally, physically. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, for victims and survivors of sexual violence, right. Who Mm -hmm. I'm sure humans are listening, who Mm -hmm. maybe identify as such. And even coming from myself, right. Being a victim survivor of sexual violence. I think when you are able to talk about the sex you want to have, that is a really beautiful way to even reclaim your power Sure. in that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I never thought that talking about my scenario with sexual violence and rape would be something that would bring me and my partner closer together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it has. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now when we are able to freely talk about the sex we want to have or the sex that we are having or, or, or our needs, wants, our, our pauses, our moments of like, I, I can't do this. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. There's that empathy and respect there in that conversation because yeah. we've been able to talk about it and communicate about it. Mm-hmm. So for those victim survivors, like this is a place too, where you have to communicate, you know, your needs, wants, desires, and know that that's going to help you feel like you are able to reclaim your place mm-hmm. in sex and how this feels for you and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. The goal is to find a partner who is willing to have that conversation with you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Hi, friends. I just want to take a quick moment and thank today's sponsor, Flash Marketing Solutions. Flash Marketing Solutions provides full-service website and marketing solutions. 
They focus on your website so you can focus on your core business. I'll be honest with you, friends. When we first started The Gutsy Truth, the idea of building a website sounded super fun, but quickly became a daunting task. But thanks to Flash Marketing Solutions, they got our website built, freeing up hours of our time to focus on the podcast. If you're ready to be gutsy and need a website for your business or blog or whatever you're hoping to do, we recommend Flash Marketing Solutions. Visit flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy for more information. That's flashmarketingsolutions.com slash gutsy. And right now, all new website clients get the first year of hosting for free. Thank you so much, Flash Marketing Solutions. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com slash support to learn more. So we've talked about communication and like definition of some of the basics. So what are some of your tangible tips you tell when you, you know, do these speaking engagement, tangible tips you tell people about sexual violence prevention? Yeah, I think some of the basic things, right, are understanding what sexual violence is, Mm -hmm. because once we can identify it, then it's how do we disrupt that spectrum, Mm -hmm. right? How do we step in, intervene, either through direct action or indirect action, Mm -hmm. right? I think so many people think when we have to prevent sexual violence, like they think we have to walk up to someone, grab them by the wrist and be like, it's time to leave. You can't do this, right? And I'm like, no, that's Mm -hmm. the opposite of what I want you to do. Why? Number one, that's really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And two, I never want you to intervene if you don't feel safe enough to do so, Mm -hmm. right? Like you need to feel safe enough that you can walk up to someone and and say that or do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's one of the most important pieces, right, Is, is if you feel you need or want to take action, right? There are some smaller things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Some of the indirect ways that you can prevent sexual violence from happening or intervene or step up is causing a distraction, right? Causing a distraction is not anything major. It's not anything wild. But y'all, if if a dog started barking right now, right on this podcast, mm-hmm. like the, the listeners might even be like, oh, is that, a, is that a dog? What kind of dog is that? They might go down this rabbit hole of a distraction, mm-hmm. yeah. right? We might even be like, oh, the, the dog is barking, right? That's a small enough distraction that it shifts attention even just for a second. When we shift attention, we can shift an outcome. Mm. So if there is something happening, right, the hand on the small of the back or whatever it is, simply walking by that person and just being like, hey, how are you? You might not even be talking to them. You might be talking to someone 10 people down from them. But just that increased volume of like, hey, what's up? Like that's going to cause that distraction. Walking by someone and pretending to trip and fall that people are going to look at you, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in a bar or a social setting, that is enough of a distraction, right? It might be awkward for you, but I'd rather you be awkward to cause a distraction for two seconds than for someone to be in an uncomfortable situation where they have no idea how to get out. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can do something as small as a distraction that shifts that shifts that attention. The next thing that you can do is kind of shift the vibe or change the environment, right? Changing the environment directly influences behavior. And that's theory. That's not just a cute idea that Bonnie's saying. Like that mm-hmm. is rooted in theory. And so when we can shift t- environments in different ways, that allows humans to, to have that different outcome. Mm-hmm. So if you know someone kind of, right, maybe I, I feel some kind of way if I see you, Abigail, like out and about and be like, friend, you good? Like, what's up? It's good to see you. I like your shirt. I don't know. Make something up. Or yeah. even if you don't know their name, call them Bonnie. It's only me and 74-year-olds who are named Bonnie. Shots, Bonnie's <laughs> who are listening. Like, <laughs> 
make up a name, yeah. but just walk up to them and be like, hey, I've seen you around before. And they might not have any idea who you are. Yeah. But you changing that environment for one, two, three minutes, talking about the weather, their shirt, where they got it. The answer is always targets, mm-hmm. right? Like you doing that shifts the attention. Yeah. And again, shift the attention, shift the outcome. So those are some really easy ways that even if you know somebody, you don't know somebody, mm-hmm. you can intervene in those places. So I think those are some easy ways to to disrupt that spectrum, right? Understanding consent is another great way and really just beginning to believe and support survivors Mm -hmm. in those really tangible and impactful ways. Believing and supporting survivors and uplifting these humans will allow people to realize like, oh, they've got their back Mm -hmm. and they are sending them to those resources and doing what they need for them. Maybe I can come forward or maybe I can say something or maybe I can stand up to prevent this from happening so that way we don't have, have more victims or survivors, right? Those sorts of small things are the best ways to prevent sexual violence from happening. But it all starts with a conversation. Yeah. It all starts with asking and communication. And well, what do we mean when we say get consent? What do we mean when we say sexual violence? But because this is a quote unquote uncomfortable topic, we don't think we can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And that's so not true. And it's, mm-hmm. and like, I feel like people have it in their mind to be gutsy. It has to be some grand thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like the, how, the way you explain consent and stuff, it's like, no, I, I want that double serving of the corn salsa. Like that didn't take a lot for you to like say like, no, I want this. Like, but I think it's like, that is an example of being gutsy and how people can show up for and ask for like what they want and also like show up and help others mm-hmm. by like little things like that, that might not seem like a grand thing, but can yeah. really transform the situation to something better. Right. When it comes to being gutsy in in this topic in particular, it doesn't require you to be an expert. Right. I think so many times people are afraid to say the wrong thing. What Mm -hmm. if I say the wrong thing? Right. What if I don't say the right thing? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right. If we let what ifs around this topic take over our brain, we're, we're, we're not recognizing the severity of the topic, Mm -hmm. right. We're too afraid what if I say the right, the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. You're not going to say the wrong thing. You're going to say something. And yeah. sometimes something is better than nothing. Just mm-hmm. try. Yeah. Right. Just show up. Just, just do something. Is it going to be awkward? Probably. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Maybe a little bit, but I guarantee you, you're going to be a better person at the end of it. Absolutely. Right. I tell people oftentimes there's a very big difference between feeling uncomfortable and feeling unsafe. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not living your life if you're not uncomfortable, right? Like right, I yeah. want you to be challenged. I want you to get outside of your comfort zone. I want you to do things that are different and, and, and be challenged. Mm-hmm. I never want you to feel unsafe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you are intervening or stepping up or, or preventing or showing up for a victim survivor and it makes you uncomfortable or hell, even having conversations about sex, that's gutsy. Mm-hmm. It's also uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I don't want you to feel unsafe. Yeah. Right. So if you're unsafe, check in on yourself, right? Do what you need to do to take care, show that self-care and that self-respect enough of yourself to say like, I need to remove myself. I need to walk away. I need to, to make a different phone call. I need to, to know different resources, mm-hmm. but the uncomfortable piece, hell yeah. Get, get, get comfortable with it. Cause that is <laughs> the best way that we're going to prevent sexual violence and understand this topic on a much different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. We love anything about being gutsy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yep. yep. Yeah. And, and being, I mean, we talk about that a lot, a lot as being comfortable with the uncomfortable applies in so many aspects of your life, not just for this topic. And like you mentioned, but I think even more so for this topic, because the norm is being uncomfortable talking, anything revolving sex or sexual awareness of any kind is just always cle- like not cliche, but 
not the norm to talk about. And so, yeah, being uncomfortable is, is now the norm and we've got to break that cycle for, yeah, people's safety, people's, you know, peace of mind, you know, that could be a friend or a family member, or honestly, just knowledge of knowing better to like have better outcomes of life, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah. So this is really good. So I'd love to know, um, how can we support victims of sexual violence? How can we show up and be good friends and be supportive and yeah, just be there for them? Yeah. I appreciate this question so much because I think this is where people get nervous about saying the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Like we get, what do I say? Do I ask questions? Do I sit here? What do I do? The best thing that you can do is first and foremost, recognize that you're human. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that you're a human, right? You have feelings, you have emotions, you have questions, you have concerns. You've got a million things going on in your brain. If or when a victim or survivor chooses to disclose to you. The first thing I want you to know if a victim or survivor chooses to disclose to you is that they feel safe around you. Mm -hmm. They feel like you are someone they can share their deepest, darkest trauma sometimes with. Right. And that is beautiful thing. Like that is, that is a powerful thing. So feel honor, right. If, or when a victim or survivor chooses to disclose to you, that's the first thing. The second thing is know that you are going to have questions and that is normal. We are humans, right? We, we want to, we want answers to complex topics and this is a complex topic. And I need you to refrain from asking said question. (laughs) This is not your moment for clarity. Mm -hmm. This is not a moment where where you get to, well, well, what happened? No, 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 no. Do not ask that. What you should be asking is a simple, how can I support you? Mm -hmm. That, that is the question. That is what you say, right? Um, Maybe even starting off with just like a, thank you for telling me. I know this was hard if there are tears involved, right? I see this is, this is difficult for you to talk about. Like, I feel honored that you have, you've shared this with me. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing your truth, your gutsy truth. Mm-hmm. And also how can I show up for you? What do you need right now? How can I support you? Those questions are the best thing that you can say, because what I think is so interesting about sexual violence is oftentimes we think it's something that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. We want to fix it. We want to solve it. We want to give answers We want people to feel better. Victims and survivors of sexual violence are not a problem to be solved. Victims and survivors of sexual violence are not something that needs to just be fixed. Mm. Sometimes that human might just need to sit in front of you and cry and, and just have a moment to emote. Yeah. And that again, it's a, it's a beautiful thing if, if they choose to, to tell you that. So when you ask a victim or survivor, how can I support you? How can I show up for you? that allows them power in their own story again, because they get to make a choice. And remember, sexual violence is not a crime of love or lust or, or something gone wrong. Like it is a crime of power. Mm -hmm. And so if we make a decision to fix or solve this quote unquote problem, we are taking the power away from that victim survivor again, and possibly even re-victimizing them. That's not fair. Yeah. So when we ask them, how can I support you? That allows them to feel power in their own damn story again. And they get to then choose, I want to report. I don't want to report. I need this resource. I don't need this resource. The majority of victim survivors are going to sit there and say, I have no idea what I need. Yeah. I have no idea. And that is when as a friend or as a human, it's really good to just say, well, here are some resources, mm-hmm. right? Here are some things. I'm not the expert because I'm just a human, mm-hmm. not just a human. You're a badass human friend. Y'all are badass. We love this, <laughs> right. But 
you're human and no one has taught you how to be the expert in this topic. Mm -hmm. So know that there are resources, right? Rain, R-A-I-N-N.org is a phenomenal resource. They have a 24 hour hopeline that people can text or call at any point in time to say, Hey, something has happened. I don't know what to do about it. Right. There are some resources on there. There's data, there's worksheets, there's programming. There's a million different pieces on this website as well as the NSVRC, National Sexual Violence Resource Center, which is a governmental agency. Um, It is like the expert in all things sexual violence. Going there for information or whatever it may be, right? Those are great places to start. Um, Or if if people are looking for counseling or some resources, BetterHelp or Talkspace are some resources as well that people can call or text to kind of just say, hey, I just need to talk to somebody about this. Mm -hmm. So those are some great resources that that human can then say, Hey, I I know you've come to me. How can I support you? Here's some resources. But at the end of the day, just recognizing that we're all human, right? I think that's, that is the best way to remember this. And you want to show up for your people with empathy and care, but at the end of the day, you have to allow them to make the right choice for them Mm -hmm. and just support them in whatever they choose to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. Especially the, you have to remember you're human because I think we feel, and, and I can guarantee women more, feel that they, if someone comes to them saying, I need help or I need a shoulder to lean on, not only do we want to fix it, but we feel like we need to have everything, all the information about that thing to help them with, right? And like you said, I think the, the greatest reminder is you just need to be there for them. The fact that you're just there. And I love how you, that's, that, to me, that that was so powerful that you talk about it's a, um, an assault on their power of their choice. And so when you start giving them all this stuff, like trying to be helpful, you're taking that power away from them again. And I think that's, I mean, that's so enlightening for me to hear. And I think that can be applied to a lot of different situations is like, just be and let them be until they say what they need almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And reminding yourself that like, right, you are allowed to feel too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If this is your best friend, somebody you've known since elementary school, mm-hmm. and they come to you and says, Hey, something happened. Naturally, because we are empathetic mammals, right? This is what sets us apart from every other creature on the face of the earth, is mm-hmm. we have empathy and discernment. We are going to feel that weight on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. That is natural to do, to feel that weight, to feel that pressure of what they're experiencing. And you are allowed to have emotions in regards to this too. There's a concept called a secondary trauma survivor. And in that, it is when a friend, somebody you love or you care about shares what has happened with them, with you, and you feel that weight, right? Oftentimes, especially as women, we say, oh my God, why do I feel so heavily about this? Like this didn't even happen to me. Mm -hmm. No, but it's happening around you and it's happened to someone that you give a shit about. So guess what? You need to address this for yourself. And whether that be counseling for yourself, utilizing some of those resources, looking up some information or some data or some resources to help you begin to process, right? People deserve what they pour out to everyone else too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're giving them resources, you probably need to look them up for yourself. If you are giving them time to process, you need to find somewhere that you can process too. And so I think it's just, we, we often think, right, responding to a victim survivor is give, 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 give. But we can't keep giving if we got nothing left in the tank. Yeah, yeah. So the best way that you can keep showing up for that victim or survivor, right, in in the next week, the next month, the next year, is to also pour into yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you can't give them what they need, that choice, that autonomy, if you are not taking care of yourself either. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay, so 
The last thing I have to ask you, Bonnie, about this topic before we have our wrap up questions is I see you talking a lot on social media about um, your hashtag be the gold. Can you explain to us what that is? Yes. Be the gold, which is a trademark. I feel I feel like I'm a boss for that. You yeah. trademarked yeah. be the gold. I trademarked. Yeah, you it. did, yes. girl. That's amazing. Snaps for Bonnie. It yeah. Ha- it made my heart very happy. I need to, I don't know if I need to add a little R, a circle R, a TM. I don't know. We're gonna figure this Wait, out. Wait, do you have merch? Like, cause we need merch. Oh, we're we're working on merch. Okay. We're, there yes. with the merch. okay. Be, okay. Be we're ready. Friends. We're ready. We're gonna we're gonna launch it soon. Yes. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But so friends, be the gold for me is it's my life motto. It's something I believe in. And I think it's a, a powerful phrase or word for us to really just hold on to, right? So there's this beautiful Japanese art called kintsugi. Mm-hmm. And in the art of kintsugi, artists will collect pieces of broken pottery and put them back together with pure gold. They believe that these broken cracks filled with pure gold, that that filigree now adds to the piece's beauty, its collectability, and its story. And each piece is so uniquely different. So when I encourage humans and myself to be the gold, it is to be the person that puts what was once broken back together in a way that we can add to each other's story, our uniqueness and our beauty. I think for a long time, I felt broken, Mm -hmm. right? As a, as a victim survivor, I felt broken. I woke up every day and looked in the mirror and didn't think I was good enough, cool enough, smart enough, pretty enough, skinny enough, uh, had it together enough to be enough. Mm -hmm. And I think once I finally started realizing, like, I can't do this on my own. I, I I need other people to pour into me. I need to pour into myself. I need to to build these relationships in ways that remind me I am worthy and I am beautiful. I finally allowed other people to be my gold. Mm. And every audience I speak to and 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 people like both of you all, right? And in these moments where I get to share, like, here's what we do and here's how we do it. These are moments that add to my story. And these are moments that add to my uniqueness and, and hopefully the uniqueness of all of your listeners, right? Of, of saying like, this is a moment where I have learned that I can be the gold for myself. I can be the gold for other people. People, I can take what was once broken and make it beautiful again. And so be the gold is, is literally just taking those one degree shifts and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to show up this way. I'm going to pour into myself. I'm going to pour into other people. But I'm at the end of the day, just making this place better. Ugh. Because it can be really difficult to try to do it all. Yeah. And you don't have to do it perfectly, but damn, try. Yeah. Try. Try. Right. Just put one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. put some gold in this broken piece and, and just see what happens. Uh, Cause you might end up with a piece of art. Oh, uh, I love that. That's so that good. is amazing. Be the gold. Be the gold, y'all. Oh, I love it. Be the gold, a Hi. trademark of Bonnie Shades. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so good. <Be> oh, I <laughs> so, love it. So good. Oh, this has been incredible. Um, so Bonnie, we love to ask all of our guests these last two questions. Um, so the first question is what is something gutsy that you have done recently and how did it make you feel? Leaving my full-time job oh. at university. There you go. Friends. Um, so June 2nd, 2023, uh, was my last day mm-hmm. at my, my full-time job at, um, the university of North Carolina, Charlotte, Charlotte where I served as the associate director of fraternity and sorority life. I was at UNC Charlotte for 10 years. Wow. Which is a very long time. Um, UNC Charlotte is still a huge part of who I am. It's a beautiful thing. And um, I I was terrified for a very long time to leave, to walk away. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, Y'all, a steady paycheck is a really sexy thing. Yes, it is. Um, As well as just knowing, right, that this, this role that I was in gave me purpose and was a huge part of my identity. 
And it was my first job out of grad school, mm-hmm. right? I didn't, I don't know anything other than that. And so um, making the decision to walk away was gutsy. Yes. Yeah. But it also allowed me to fall into this truth of Bonnie Shade Speaks and doing this work and writing curriculum, which I would say maybe is a part one A of yeah. the, gutsy, the gutsy thing I've done lately, right? Yeah. It's like doing things that are outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a, a lover of curriculum and kind of designing curriculum, but really writing curriculum around sexual violence for organizations, for companies, um, and for national fraternities and sororities to say, like, we're going to teach our members this stuff, right? Uh, and reminding myself that I'm worthy enough to write it and I'm good enough to write it even on days where I don't feel like I am. Yeah, you are. So those are some, thanks friend. I needed that boost. Right. But like, those are the moments where, um, I think I've been gutsy yeah. lately. It's scary. It's scary as hell. It is. Um, but a lot of those things in life right, live in that area of, of being uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And so being gutsy, being uncomfortable, jump and, and figure it out. I also say that with some privilege in my life. Right. So I, I recognize that, but it's a beautiful thing when you just get to follow what your heart and your gut are telling you. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yes. I'm so excited for you to yes. see what unfolds with all this. You're going to be doing even more incredible work. Wow. It's wild. <laughs> it is scary, but we're doing it. We're I'm doing gutsy. it. I'm yeah. gutsy. Love I it. I love it so much. Okay. So our final question today, then I love this one because I you just never know what you're going to get. So what is something that fills your bucket of life and brings you joy? Okay, so I'm going to say a real thing and then I'm going to say like a, a superfluous okay. thing. Please the do. Real thing, the real thing is um, just honestly quality time with my people. So mm-hmm. my love languages are quality time and physical touch. Hands down, I want to sit with you over a bottle of wine and hold your hand. Like mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and so whether I do that with my partner or, right, I get to just, you know, it's not wine, but it might be milk or apple juice with my little people. <laughs> um Right. Those are moments where I feel really fulfilled and just feel joy Mm -hmm. and just being fully present um, really means a lot for me. Being an entrepreneur, your brain is always has 27 tabs open. Mm -hmm. Right. Like literally my browser always has like 27 tabs open. Yeah. (laughs) And so that that's my brain as an entrepreneur. So when I get to just sit and be present uh, and spend that quality time and give hugs with my people and whether those people be. Um, my family, my friends, whatever it may be. Like, I just, I love it. Mm-hmm. I soak it up. I soak That's it amazing. Up. Um, the superfluous thing, y'all, this is so random. And people are normally shocked when I say that. I am really into F1 racing. Oh, yeah. Oh. F1 racing. Yeah. It is, it's so random. Um, and no, not because of Drive to Survive. People are like, oh, did you watch the Netflix show? And I'm like, I did. And it just made me love it even more because it's exciting and, and fun and cool. Yeah. Um, recently, I went to an F1 race. Oh, that's exciting. Was, nice. That just filled my bucket, right? It's yeah. like this random part of my identity that doesn't get nurtured very often because, you know, entrepreneur, mom, life, business, things. Yeah. Partner, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just a fun thing that fills my bucket. And then I absolutely love, 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 love to watch, love to do, love to get invested in, learn about the drivers. Yeah. What they're saying, what they're doing, what skills are happening. Like this just, it's so random. I know it's so cool. I love it. So my mom is really into F1 racing because my nine-year-old nephew is also really into F1 racing. So I think she had like that grandma connection there going on. But then she like, my mom totally is one. She loves like backstories of everything. So like a good documentary, she's like all in. And now my mom knows like, she knows the story of every driver. She knows their family. She knows what dog they have. I mean, she just like 120% jumped into this. And it's so funny you say that because she like she just is like so enamored with it. And my mom was not any kind of a car person ever. 
<laughs> like before this, but I, I think it's so cool. Like I've heard a lot of people are like, this is just so amazing. And I, I kind of feel like I need to at least like go watch it. All I'm saying, yeah. I'm going to manifest yeah. this for you, Bonnie. I see an F1 race where it's like hashtag be the gold. Like it's happening. What? Could you imagine? Guys, That's on the side of a car. It's on the side of a car. I'm into it. Although the cars will be going so fast. You're not okay, gonna see but it. still, it's be but still gold. Just phew, phew. I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. A gold <laughs> car going by real fast. I'm going to manifest that for you. Wonderful. <laughs> That's so amazing. Oh my gosh, Bonnie, this has been the most powerful conversation I think we've probably had on the Gutsy Truth yet. Yeah. Um, very enlightening in so many ways. And I think a message that the three of us can easily agree that needs to be said more. So we are so honored that you came and joined us today and that you are doing this amazing work out into the universe. And we are just here to help spread your message as much as we can. Um, so we can all just be the gold. Yeah. It's so good. So Bonnie, can you just share with our listeners where they can find you, follow you, all that great stuff? Of course. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably social media because it always is <laughs> at Bonnie Shade, B-B, B-O-N-N-Y, S-H-A-D-E, B-B. Uh, so follow me on all social. It'd be great to have you here. Welcome to my little corner of the internet where life is a lot about sex uh, <laughs> and great conversations around that. So follow along. And then my website is bonnieshade.com. And so, yeah, those are the best ways to get a hold of me, hang out with me, uh, and learn a little bit more about who I am and what I do. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Bonnie, for being here today with us. We are so thankful for your time and all the great work that you're doing. This has been amazing, friends. Keep being gutsy, y'all. Keep being gutsy. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful to have you here with us, and we hope today's episode was helpful and inspiring. Until next time, we encourage you to learn more at thegutsytruth.com, and we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on today's episode on your podcast streaming platform of choice. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to support our mission to empower and inspire people everywhere, we would love for you to consider becoming a Patreon member. By supporting us on Patreon, you are helping us to continue to create valuable content and build a supportive community for listeners like you who are choosing to live a gutsy life. Visit thegutsytruth.com support to learn more. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth. <laughs>